Father, thank you that we can laugh. Thank you that we can sing. Thank you that we can experience your love, your hope, your peace, and your joy. God, as COVID numbers have begun to rise, we do pray for the safety and healing of our community. We pray for those on the front lines. We pray for those serving. God, we pray that you would have people in a place that they can connect to you. Because we also believe that church is essential, that COVID is not the only pandemic that people are facing right now. And so wherever people are engaging with this message, I pray that you can just meet them where they are, just like you did for the story that we're talking about today. We love you, God, in your son's name we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about wonderful joy. Now, I almost called the message weird joy because everything in the story we're going to talk about today is a little bit odd. The location, the activities, the characters. I mean, the characters are just flat out strange in terms of main people that you would think of in the starting of a religion. You know, if, in fact, if, if you were to add, like, monsters into the story, you could almost call this story Stranger Things, because <laughs> it's just weird. It involves kids, and it involves people that you wouldn't expect working together, right? Oh, maybe we could call it Manger Things, okay? Okay, that was too bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize for that one. I will stop. I will stop. <laughs> I want to focus in on the shepherds of the Christmas story. And it just seems weird to me and strange that God would include shepherds in the Christmas story. Like, was God up there thinking, hey, someday there's going to be Christmas pageants and they're going to need some extra roles for the rambunctious kids or the kids that don't know how to remember lines. And so I'm going to add some shepherds into the story. Anyone out there in the room played a shepherd? Anyone play a shepherd? That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> it seems weird, right? The, the coming of the Savior of the world. And in the middle of this story, they zoom in on a random field outside of Bethlehem. That seems a little odd, doesn't it? See, shepherds was seen as a common job, an ordinary job, but not a glorious one. In fact, Shepard's testimony really wasn't considered valid in court. So they're not educated, they're not wealthy for the most part. And so there was just this everyday ordinary position. Now they had a nice little religious highlight in Psalm 23, but at this point, Jesus had not referred to himself as the good shepherd in John 10. And so this is just this everyday kind of blue-collar worker in the graveyard shift in the middle of the night with some dirty, smelly sheep. But yet this is exactly where we pick up the story. And so we're going to read through Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. But 
we're going to look through a little bit of a different lens, and I want to give you a little bit of insight into how my mind works, for good and for bad. Maybe you'll never come back again. I don't know. But my mind just works a little differently. It's a little quirky, and I'm going to show you what I mean by, as we read this story, I want to point out some things that maybe you've never noticed before, or maybe you've thought the same things I did, and you never expressed it. Because it's so commonplace now, the Christmas story, nativity, the manger, shepherds, oh, it's awesome. It's weird. Can we just be real for a second? It's weird. That's a weird start to a religion. Can we agree to that? But let's find out how, while these shepherds are weird and odd and strange, they're actually amazing and inspirational and downright wonderful. If the shepherds can experience joy, I believe you and I can experience joy in the everyday, ordinary, unlikely stuff of life right now, Christmas season 2020. So let's jump into it. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, just pausing there. Just, we're we're going to do a lot of pausing here and just break down some words within this story. The fact that it says, And in the same region there were some shepherds. It's that story point or movie point where the main character cuts away And then it cuts to somebody else. You're like, how is this connected? You're not sure, but down the road, you're thinking their paths are going to cross. But here are some everyday, ordinary people working the graveyard shift, and their lives are about to radically be transformed. In this same region, that also made me wonder how many people were in the same region and had no idea that Jesus was close by. That's a whole sermon in and of itself. How many people in our community are so close to God, but they have no idea that he's there? These shepherds weren't looking for God. They weren't prioritizing God. But instead of them searching for God, God went and found them in the ordinary, mundane, not celebrated, not famous Routines of life. So there were shepherds out in the field. You know, I wondered if, this is where my mind steps in, okay? I wonder if, like, shepherds had, like, a calling card or business. Like, was there, like, Shepherds Incorporated, you know, and their tagline is, we're outstanding in our fields. And, yeah, this is not good. See, I told you, this is not normal how my mind works, but... So they're out in this field. They're keeping watch over their flock by night. That can't be exciting. They're just like, how's it going, Joe? Good. Still sleeping? Yep. Any wolves? Nope. (laughs) Here's another thing I thought about. Can you imagine if you were one of the shepherds that was not on shift that night and then everything else came? Wait, what happened? I've been a shepherd for 40 years, and the one night I'm not there, angels show up. (laughs) Come on. And so they're there by night. Okay, let's continue. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. Look at that phrase, of the Lord. The angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. That's going to be important in just a moment. 
But there they were, just working everyday jobs, surrounded by darkness, and they could see the stars in the sky. But bright lights, boom, an angel appears. It's angels in the outfield, like the movie of the mid-90s. Okay, maybe not, but uh, on a side note, I don't know who, who thought Christopher Lloyd had a face of an angel in that movie, but really? Like, when you think angel, do you think Christopher Lloyd? I don't. But anyway, okay. So, so here, an angel out of nowhere appears, not Christopher Lloyd, and he appears, and they are filled with fear. I would say that's the understatement of the story, isn't it? If you're just working the night shift, and all of a sudden, and like angels appear before you and the glory of the Lord is filling the sky, you're going to be, wow. And so they are filled with fear, but the angel immediately eases their fear. Let's continue reading. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's good news of great joy. The angel didn't say, I bring you good news with great joy. Do you have that person in the office that just seems a little too peppy? Hey, how's your morning? Like, if, you, if you're, or just a quick show of hands, how many of you are morning people? How many, okay. How many of you are not morning people? Okay, notice how much slower those hands were raised in the room. And if we're being honest, People that are not morning people, we get a little bitter at morning people, don't we? We're just trying to wake up in the morning. Are you walking to the office? And so it's like, hey, John, how are you doing? And you're like, ha, ha, okay. <laughs> with love, with love, that's what you do. <laughs> that's not the angel here. He's not, he's not communicating with joy. I bring you good news with joy, yay. No, he's saying, I bring you good news of joy. There's a difference. Let me put it to you this way. Joy is, is not the label on your Amazon package. Joy is what's in the box. It's not the label on the package. It's, it's what's inside the box that matters. And so the angel is going to say, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to give you news that gives you joy. That means that the good news, the gospel, the celebration of what I'm about to tell you is going to radically change your life, and it is going to bring and give you joy. In other words, it is an object, it is a gift that I can bestow to you. And notice that even at this point, it's not just for the shepherds. It says, you don't know this yet. You can't testify in court. We're in the middle of the night. No one even knows your name. But this joy that I'm going to share with you is going to be talked about for generations to come. It continues on. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the what? Lord. So the angel of the Lord declares the glory of the Lord and shares the good news of the coming of the Lord. So from the very beginning, the good news of great joy is the coming of the Savior, Jesus, who is God. 
So can you know joy? Yes, because joy is a person. Joy is Jesus. Joy changes everything. The city of David is the idea here that Bethlehem is tiny, tiny town in obscurity. Not the metropolis of, of the time and the era. But it was prophesied hundreds of years prior that the Savior would be born in the lineage of David in the town of Bethlehem to the Virgin Mary and be named Emmanuel. And so it fulfills prophecy. It's the, it's the announcement of Jesus as Lord. Now is the time for, for all baby uh, announcements. We're pregnant and, and, and all these things. There's a, a lot of quarantine babies happening. We're, I'm not going to give any commentary on that. But, and so all these fun baby announcements, right? They display and it's like, guess who's coming? And then they have like this thing or they do a gender reveal and there's like, they go, poof, it's, it's pink, it's blue. Okay, none of that compares to angels in the sky declaring, the Savior is here. Like, talk about a birth announcement. But it almost seems like the birth announcement went to the wrong people. It didn't go to the religious leaders. It didn't go to the kings. It didn't go to the marketplace. It went to a field of shepherds in the middle of the night. This just seems strange. But then here, verse 12, okay, and this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths. Okay, that's not weird. Lying in a manger. Okay, God, you're just playing now. <laughs> These are shepherds. They are very familiar with mangers. They're, they're feeding troughs. Okay, okay, angel, we get it. You're just playing with this. Yeah, right. Like, we're going to find the Savior of the world in a feeding trough. Okay. But if they found it, that would be a little crazy, right? The fact that there's angels in the sky speaking to them right now, that's a little crazy, right? So, all right, if we find this baby in a manger, then maybe what the angel is saying, that he is Savior, is true. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Man, even in angels, there's a front man in every band. Think about that. There's one angel. Given, it's, there's the Beyonce or the Timberlake of the angels out front doing their thing, dancing, just like going around making the sweet announcement. And then all of a sudden multitude shows up. The rest of the band shows up. The the curtain is lifted and a choir of angels shows up and collectively together they are praising God saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So angels are created to glorify and to praise God. We're going to come back to this as well. This idea that they were created specifically to glorify and to praise God. Let's continue on. And when the angels went away from, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's go see this thing. I love it. I love that shepherd's response is, let's go worship. Let's go praise the Holy One who has come before us. It's, let's go see the thing, right? I mean, why not? 
<laughs> Let's go see the thing. Like, this is life-altering, generational-altering, legacy-building that we will talk about for 2,000 years. And their response is, eh, why not? Let's go see this thing. <laughs> Let's do it. And so, after talking, they decide to move forward. And it says, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. Now, two things, well, really three things in this story from this specific verse. They went with haste, meaning that they obeyed immediately. It's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day, but you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. You don't have to know everything to do something right now. But they did. They went. And then it says they found Mary and Joseph. You know what's really interesting about that word found? That means that they actually had to search for him. You want to talk about weird. Can you imagine them going through the town that night, knocking on doors? Yes. I, who is it? So late. Oh, it's shepherds. What do they want? They're looking for a baby. What? Can you imagine these dirty, smelly shepherds going door to door? Hey, have you seen a baby? It's in a feeding trough. An angel told us about him. That seems really weird, right? But they found him. And here's another thing I thought about. What did they do with the sheep? Are they walking through town with like a hundred sheep, like going through, right? Or did they like sheep babysitting, like on the side, right? Did someone get left behind? I mean, probably left behind because that's dangerous. Because what, what do sheep do when they, they see a manger? They're going to go eat. Their sheep might have eaten Jesus. <laughs> We're here. To see the Savior. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Bad sheep. Don't eat Jesus. They call that manger danger. <laughs> I told you. That's how my mind works. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> but they went and found, like, this is getting weird. An angel comes, the shepherd, in a field, in the night. They say, the Savior of the, Lord, uh, Savior of the world is here. Go find him. What? Can you give me a little more direction than that? Angel? <laughs> but they looked. They searched. They found. <laughs> and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds had told them. Let's continue. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard and had been told them. So they saw it. Why were the shepherds included? I think they were included because it, it was for their joy, right? But notice it was also for Mary and Joseph. You want to talk about weird. Imagine being Mary and Joseph. 
Their whole story is weird. Pregnant teenager, going to be engaged to be married, and Mary speaks to Joseph and says, hey, um, don't be afraid. You know, it was God. Okay, but then he gets a dream, and it confirms, and so now they're going to get married, and they're going to be married, and now they go back to a census, this little town of Bethlehem, and they're walking across the desert with a pregnant woman, and so... You know, they're just traveling through. I wonder how many times they had to stop to use the restroom. But anyway, um, so they finally get, by the time they get to Bethlehem, there is no room in the inn. And they got to be thinking, God, you promised to bring forth the Savior of the world, and you can't make a reservation at the hotel. And so instead, they're in a stable, and they give birth to a baby and place him in a manger, and you're you're, you're just done given birth, the baby's in the manger, and your first visitor is not family, is not religious leaders, it's not town leaders, out of the blue, shepherds show up. Hey, is there a baby here? Wait, what? <laughs> but now the pieces start to fall in, and they realize that they were in the exact position, the exact place that God wanted them to be. And he used the obedience of the shepherds to bring joy to Mary and Joseph. And how confirming for the shepherds, after knocking on doors, looking for a baby in a manger, to actually find them. And then to hear Mary and Joseph's story. And to hear how the coming of Jesus was this miracle that would be celebrated for generations to come. And they start telling everybody around because while shepherds are not popular, they know everybody. You know, when you don't have power and position, you can kind of maneuver in and out of a town pretty easily. And they start telling everybody about what happened. And then they end up going home. And what do they do? Praise and glorify the Heavenly Father. They started as shepherds, they finished with the job of angels. Isn't that awesome? And in this weird, quirky story, we see how joy is possible. If you're taking notes or if you're watching from home, I want you to write this down. The joy of the Lord is available to everyone and changes everything. The joy of the Lord is available to everyone and changes everything. The fact that God chose the shepherds to deliver the good news of great joy gives hope for you and for me. All the quirks and weirdness and strange components of this story demonstrates that God is still in control and God can speak to you and use you right now, right where you are. In once you experience the joy of the Lord, it changes everything, doesn't it? Shepherds whose testimony wasn't even valid in court couldn't shut up speaking of, of just how incredible God was. And it was their testimony that got the word out about the coming of Jesus. Do you, think, do you know how crazy that is? That God would use the testimony of shepherds to deliver the news of great joy to the community and people around them. It doesn't make sense unless you realize 
that joy is available to everyone and changes everything. And so here are three ways, three places where you can find joy. First, joy is found in a message of faith. Joy is found in a message of faith. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy. I give you joy. Jesus is the gift. And so when you hear a message of faith, you can walk out strengthened and refueled for your day. My prayer and hope is that everyone that watches every week or comes into CB Live every week walks away being encouraged and challenged in their faith. Why? Because you have received a message of joy. And when you receive good news, it changes everything. Secondly, joy is found in intentional obedience. Notice that the shepherds didn't start praising until they started obeying. They didn't just hear the greatest hits of the angels and go, mm, oh, I love Christmas. <laughs> so cozy. All right, and they go back to just petting their sheep. No, they heard the message and then they obeyed. And it was awkward <laughs> to the point where they're knocking on doors in the middle of the night in search for a baby. <laughs> it seems weird, but they obeyed. And because of it, they receive joy. And the third way you can find joy is in the person of Jesus. When they encountered Jesus, even baby Jesus, they knew that it was different. Because Jesus didn't just simply come for a moment. He came for a mission. He didn't just come in a cradle. He actually came for the cross and ultimately so that you and I can have a crown he came so that he could live on this earth a perfect life, die on the cross for the sins of the world, defeat death, rise again on the third day, and offer us forgiveness and life and purpose and joy and love and eternity with him forever. And so when you encounter Jesus, it changes everything. And I love the story, and it's, it's awesome, and I love seeing nativity scenes. But when I was reading it to prep for this week, I found myself stuck. I actually found myself struggling, and I never struggled with this story before. And I struggled with these two words. They returned. In other words, they went back. Do me a favor and to your neighbor say, they went back. They went back. What? You're an everyday unknown shepherd that just had an angel fly in the sky bring you good news of great joy. You went and found the Savior of the world, born in a manger, experiencing the Spirit of God, the presence of God, the testimony of God, and you go back. What? How could you leave that? How are you not just saying, all right, cool, looks like Mary and Joseph just got some shepherds for the rest of their life. How could you go back 
Then, after further investigation, I realize they went back to the same, but everything is different. Turn to your neighbor and say, same, but different. And here, here's where I need everybody to lean in on this, because when I, when I realized this, light bulb moment for me, and I hope this could be some light bulb moments for you here in the room or you watching with us right now. They went back to their same situation, but with a new heart. They went back to their same job, but with a different responsibility. They went back to their same view, but they had a whole new perspective. They went back to their same relationships, but they had whole new love. They went back to their same difficulties, but they had new determination. And they went back to their same circumstances, but they have new and greater and life-transforming joy. Some of you right now are walking through difficult circumstances. And you had this idea in your head that when you would receive God into your life or when you would have faith or you would go to church, all of a sudden everything would change. Life would be rosy. You would be blessed Everything would be right with the world. And then you get saved. Your heart is changed. You experience the spirit of God. And then you have to go to work the next day. Or you get in a fight with your spouse or your kids. Or you're walking along in faith. And out of nowhere, you get diagnosed with cancer. That doesn't make sense. Until you realize that it's same but different. Joy is so much deeper than any circumstance that you can experience. Joy is something that when you have it, when you experience the joy of the Lord, that cannot be taken from you. You might have the same view, the same job, the same relationships, the same diagnosis, but when you have the joy of the Lord, it changes everything. That now, instead of pain, you find purpose. Now, instead of darkness, you find light. Instead of rejection, you experience forgiveness and grace and love. And it gives you the strength and the courage to fight and never give up. Because while your circumstances might not have changed, there is joy that is available to you. And we know that because God used shepherds to find a baby in a manger. It wasn't the stable that made things holy. It was the presence of God. It's not a building that makes church. It's the presence of God. It's not a declared faith that makes a family. It's a lived out, obedient faith that changes everything, that changes relationships. And so when you believe in Christ, when you believe in God, when you experience his joy, you now have the strength and the perspective to go back to the mundane job, the everyday relationship, the conversation with friends and family, and have a whole new approach because now you've seen what is possible 
And you see the power that has come and the joy that has come. And church, my prayer for you is that when you walk out, we're still in the same year, 2020. But you can have a whole new joy and perspective if you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior today. As the band comes up, I'd like for you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I just want to give you the opportunity to receive this joy into your life. Because it seems weird. It's like, oh, I'm accepting a baby. No, he came as a baby, humbly, but so that he could grow up and die on a cross for your sins and for mine. And that the declaration of good news of great joy is still available for you and me today if we believe and trust in him as Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for bringing us great news. Thank you for this Christmas season. I don't know what people are walking through right now. Maybe it's financial struggles, health struggles, relationship battles. But God, wherever they are today, I pray that we can receive the same message the shepherds received that night of Jesus' birth. May we receive this good news of great joy. We believe in you as Savior and as God. We commit our lives to you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for changing everything. Help us to walk in and experience joy. Because while our circumstances might not be different, we can be different. We can overcome the troubles of this world because you overcame the troubles of this world. So whatever people are walking through right now, I pray that they can experience inexplicable joy that comes from security of faith and hope and love in you. Thank you for using shepherds to bring this good news to demonstrate that that joy is available to the shepherds means that it's also available to us. And tomorrow when we go back into our jobs, into schools, we're at home doing school, depending on what district you're in. God, I pray that we can have a new perspective, a new joy, and a new love for you. And so let me pray. If you prayed to receive that joy of Jesus in your life, I want to know. I want to encourage you to fill out that next step card. Online, if you're watching, let us know in the comments or let us know about that form at missiongrove.info. Let us know so that we can take this journey with you. And that I know times are tough and times are crazy, but let us experience true joy that comes with faith in him. Because God was not surprised by this year. And so we can walk out of these doors with the same situation, but completely changed when we experience his joy. 
Will you stand and sing with us as we finish the service together?